Hello, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast, your source for interior design and architecture, news, views, and opinions. I'm your host, Robert Nieminen, and I appreciate you tuning in and letting us be part of your day. It's been a while since we last broadcast an episode, and for that, I extend my apologies for the radio silence lately. Believe it or not, we've been busy working on our Neocon showroom plans already, and while I can't divulge too much information right now, let me just say that we will be creating a very cool experience around future design trends that we're hoping will be your first stop at the Mart if you're going to be at the show to get a sense of where things are headed in the industry. We also may or may not be offering a chance to win some unique NFTs for visiting the space, but it's a little bit too early to get into all of that. So instead, I'm excited to tell you about today's guest because she is the host of a podcast series called Alternative Design. And I have to say, I was really inspired after our conversation because Kaylin Reed got me thinking about some incredibly unique topics and how design, both digital and physical, can have a profound impact on us. Kaylin is the regional workplace advisor for Kimball International and keeps a tight pulse on the current industry trends and insights uh, of all things work. As the host of Alternative Design, she explores ideas found outside the design industry in order to facilitate unapologetic, design-forward, and boundary-breaking conversations that ignite inspiration and celebrate the human experience. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Have a listen. All right. Well, hi, Kaylin. It's good to see you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, Robert. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, where are you dialing in from? Uh, I want to let our listeners know where, where you're at and how things are looking, uh, where you sit. Yeah, so I'm in the Metro Detroit area, and it is uh, a snow-covered outside for sure. <laughs> wow. All right. I, I, won't, uh, I won't share exactly what the temperature is, but I'm in sunny South Florida. We'll just put it that way. So That must be very nice. It must, my, I can't even get my dog to go outside, so oh, really? wow. yeah, <laughs> the struggle. Yeah, I think we had winter for all of like two weeks just now. And and by winter, yeah. I mean like it dips into the 40s. And so, you know, everybody Ooh. has their parkas out. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so great having you on the podcast. And, you know, just to kind of, I want to kick things off, just let our listeners kind of get to know you a little bit. I know um, we just kind of met as well. So um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Kaylin. Like what led you into the design profession um, and what have been some of the highlights in your career? Yeah. So I actually... I knew I wanted to be a designer really early in life. Uh, in high school, they make you take these uh, career personality tests, mm -hmm. uh, essentially to understand what career might be a good fit for you. And interior design popped up on that test for me. And I guess they say the rest is history. Uh, not many people keep to that aptitude test they get in high school, but I, I guess I kind of stayed with it. In college, I gravitated more towards the commercial side of the industry and um, just as workplace strategy was blossoming and evidence-based design and all these fun concepts. And um, so I started out after college designing libraries, actually, okay. at a well-known firm. And um, from there, I was able to design a variety of different uh, space types and activate a couple of different vertical market um, opportunities and uh, just had a lot of great experience. But a few years into the career, I made a switch to sales, which was earlier than I was perhaps anticipating. Uh, I think in my timeline that everybody has, right, I was like, at this age, I'm going to go into sales. And then this really fantastic opportunity came up and I decided to pivot. And I thought about it for a very long time. I talked to every local rep in my area. I'm like, do you like doing this? Like, is this something you enjoy doing? And finally made the plunge. And it's the best decision I've made. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's funny in childhood, you know, too. It, uh, like, I remember thinking when I was a kid, because I was playing with Lego blocks, like all the kids do, right? Thought I was going to be an architect, right? 
get yeah. into school, get into school and realize math and, and all that stuff is just not my my forte at all. So ended up towards English and been writing about design and architecture for more than 20 years now. So it's kind of funny yeah. how our, our career paths sort of just take these sort of, you know, circuitous uh, paths, right? Yep. Yeah. So what led you to Kimball specifically and, you know, becoming their podcast host? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah. So my first opportunity, uh, my boss took a chance on me at National Office Furniture uh, and was able to see some opportunity for salesmanship. And I was amazed that, you know, coming from a different career background to be able to get a job like this. And uh, so I was actually at National as their A&D specialist for the state of Michigan for a while. And then Four months into that gig, uh, the pandemic hit, which, as you know, changed how every rep in the world conducted business, right? And uh, there's no more in person. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So having no idea of really, you know, just learning the job in general, just from being a complete and total newbie, uh, then, you know, four months, it changed how everybody did stuff anyway. So now there was no playbook, right? There was no Mm -hmm. rule book on how to connect with designers and how to present uh, thought leadership and these, you know, really interesting, inspirational concepts. And um, so amidst that scramble of 2020 uh, and trying to find inspiration and, dare I say, entertainment uh, for the A&D community, I had the idea to start a podcast in hopes that it might offer some of those things for the design community. And initially we thought it was going to be a small local regional effort. And then it sort of grew and it, you know, went downhill, well, up, uphill, right? right, right. Uh, it went uphill. And so it became a bit bigger and uh, it is uh, KII's signature podcast. And so we're, we're really excited about it. Uh, we are on season two. Uh, cool. And so, again, it was really just in hopes of, of sharing some inspiration uh, in the midst, in a time that was not inspirational, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think we're thankfully coming out of that and, and of course, uh, employing some resiliency as an industry like we always do. But there was a dark moment in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And the downhill, just because you're having so much fun, just feels like, yes, fun, right. You yes. Know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So, so it's called the alternative design podcast, right? And so what, what's the premise behind it? Like, what are you, what are you guys hoping to impart to listeners, um, you know, with, with each episode, what's your, your take on that? So the best way I can explain the concept of the podcast is to call upon a perhaps well-known story about Henry Ford uh, and his inspiration for the assembly line. I'm a Michigander, so I'm a little biased, but I was really fascinated uh, that this idea to start the assembly line was, you know, basically ushering in a whole new wave of innovation. It started an entire industry that, you know, um, fed the state of Michigan and still does uh, for years and years. And it was all starting from a visit to a Chicago butcher house. Uh, where Ford saw this animal on a line and it would move to different stations to be processed. And he came back and said, I should do this for cars. And I feel like that's such an interesting story and and really speaks to the spirit behind the podcast in terms of looking past our own expertise, opening our minds up to something alternative, maybe from an unusual source. And for me personally, this looked like uh, turning to alternative forms of healthcare when I was diagnosed with a chronic illness uh, and I had to explore the margins to find solutions to get my health back. And so, um, again, this idea of looking for new ideas outside of mainstream conversations has really shaped not only my personal life, but now my professional life, too. Mm, yeah, that's really, really interesting. I'm so, sorry to be here about the illness, but it, it, again, it's, it's so fascinating how something, 
you know, something happens in our lives and then you, you go somewhere and, and looking on the periphery and it just leads to something else. It's really so cool, you know, and um, I know some of the topics that you all have covered just run the gamut, right? I mean, yeah. from, from micro, microbiomes, built environment to looking for new design solutions and inspiration, looking at, you know, what we can learn from populating Mars, you know, I, I mean, incarcerated, you know, facilities. It's just so, it's fascinating to me, like some of the things that you guys have, have touched on. So where do you find inspiration for some of these topics and the unique angles that you take with your guests? I mean, I, I'm just, as a podcaster too, you know, I'm just like, wow, like, I, you know, it's inspirational to me. So. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the topics are coming really organically, if I'm being honest, uh, whether it's an article that someone sent me that launches into a conversation with somebody new, which then leads to a totally different angle based on the conversation that we had. I mean, so much of it evolves with the help of thought leaders at Kimmel International and frankly, a lot of cold messages on LinkedIn. And I know, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> how it works sometimes, yeah. you know, you're kind of making the desperate ask, can you please talk to me? Right. Uh, so uh, we, we tend to have a mix of, of both. And so it's been a really fun process to allow for these conversations to, to take shape. And mm -hmm. there have been times where I thought I had one angle at the beginning of the episode and I talked to several people and it completely shifted. Right. And so right, right. maintaining that open handedness when you're making a podcast is mm -hmm. really great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar with, with articles when, you know, you go into it thinking one thing and then you talk to some people and you go, Oh wait, hold on a second. That's not what I was thinking at all. And so, yeah, it just kind yeah. of takes a life of its own. Right. Um, so one of your earliest episodes, um, you talked about the design industry's diversity problem, how people of color, they have limited exposure to the industry and, you know, minor, minority architects getting overlooked. Um, that's a topic that's near and dear to us here as well. Um, I actually just uh, last week was at KBiz and moderated a panel on, you know, diversity in the industry and kind of how far we have to go to sort of, you know, shift things. Um, but I wanted, to, I was just curious about that episode specifically and what was one of the biggest takeaways that you got from that conversation and, you know, have you seen or heard any like really amazing things happening on the diversity side of the conversation? Yeah. So uh, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me was that you have to challenge your own perspective constantly. Um, and you have to challenge what you're seeing to understand where there are barriers and boundaries for marginalized designers. And it takes that really active work um, that often requires having hard conversations and maybe even being a bit uncomfortable at times, but it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, it's okay to not know something. It's okay to ask questions. Uh, and it's okay to not know the exact way to solve this. We, we, we need to solve this together. Um, but we can't let that stop us from taking action to bring equity and inclusion for everyone. So um, while it may feel a bit uncomfortable and it, it's always uncomfortable not to, to know something, um, really taking that step to be humble and to listen to people's stories and allow that to shape how we take action is, is really vital. And to speak to something optimistic that I'm seeing in this space, I actually just had a really hopeful conversation with Canon Design a few weeks back, actually. And they're working with university stakeholders and clients to understand the importance of data and really how data can help tell a more thorough story beyond just the diversity of the student body. We're talking about understanding metrics of how students feel like they belong, understanding if they feel included. And a big part of our conversation centered around how critical this data is to capture and how it can be a way to, to really take action and move the needle. And it might seem simple, like, oh, it's a survey monkey, but it's, it's really encouraging these people to, again, uh, gather this data because it, it's not always so easy or a, such a eureka moment for everybody. And so um, if we can, as a design community, 
work with our clients and our stakeholders to evangelize the power of data uh, mm -hmm. and what that could capture, I mean, we really could move things really quickly. Yeah, definitely. And and, and to that point uh, as well, I mean, just the power of design to solve some of these problems, you know, I mean, yes. I've always thought that you know, design community especially is so um, adept at solving problems, right? And so you give them the information and it's like they just kind of run with it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm super hopeful about that, you know, and how even just the design of physical environments can can help with with the diversity issue and, and making people feel like they're they're included, right? You know, so yeah. super powerful. And yeah, yeah, I'm encouraged by that as well. So so one of the things that I've been curious about, and uh, I had a conversation uh, just the other day with uh, Stacey Garcia, who's a designer and an entrepreneur in the industry. And um, we've just been kind of going back and forth about NFTs, like the metaverse, the crypto space, which to everybody is just so crazy, right? Like, what is this, all this stuff? Do you have a take on, on all this? I mean, because it feels like one of those sort of alternative type of topics, you know, that that's just like the Wild West right now. Are you guys planning on talking about it at all this next season or is it on your radar? We actually have it coming up next. Uh, so our, our next episode actually airs on uh, March 7th uh, and it will be on the metaverse. But it's going to be a very unique take on the metaverse because... In all honesty with you, Robert, I was really looking forward to doing the metaverse and we had it planned a few months back. And then sometime in the past month, I woke up one morning and I was like, it's not alternative enough. Everybody's talking right. about it. It's not alternative enough. And right. so, um, you know, we were talking with somebody really fascinating and uh, who's a really brilliant researcher that, you know, I don't want to show my cards too early, okay. but uh, so we'll, we'll save the guest for March 7th. But right. um, we are talking as an industry about the metaverse and imagining lots of creative use cases, right? And a lot of potential pain points that it might solve. Is it going to enhance the consumer experience? Will it get rid of mock-ups? Is it the way for virtual showrooms to take over? And mm -hmm. the answer is, I'm, I'm sure it probably will. But something I'm finding uh, over and over again is that this idea of the metaverse is going to be more hybrid. Um, there's a lot of ideas from, it's going to be like WALL-E, to, you know, people aren't going to use it at all. And it's just going to be like a video game. And so there's a lot of different ideas and concepts of how this is going to play out. Um, but I think it is going to be very hybrid. And, and us understanding how to support us as humans into the metaverse is something I'm very interested in. So I want to understand how the physical experience of humans can be optimized. And I'm also really excited for us to learn from some of our mistakes uh, on the current internet so we talk about things like addiction and hate speech, bullying, accessibility issues, all of which, you know, we're discussing in the current Web 2.0 that we have now. But gosh, what an opportunity to address these problems in Web 3.0 or, or in the metaverse. And my curiosity is, how do we support emotional intelligence in the metaverse? So in this moment of wellness and uh, amplification of awareness on mental health issues, mm -hmm. where does support of emotions lie. And so what would a workday look like if you could use the metaverse to heal toxic emotions? And wow. maybe that's done through color therapy. Yeah, And yeah, maybe yeah. you use the way that the metaverse can show color and induce a biological response in our body. And what if furniture could act as a liaison between humans and the metaverse in a way that supports greater well-being? We're just now uncovering the power of color. And mm -hmm. I know for us as designers, we're like, Experts, we're pros, and yeah. and a hundred percent yes, we we do it all day, all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But I was just talking to this color neuroscientist, and we are just accessing 
the powerhouse that color is and could be. And I'm really excited to share that we are going to be exploring the role of color in the metaverse, its unique ability to heal people, and what a way that wellness and healing could bleed into more vertical markets and more space types than just healthcare. Mm. What if we could focus on healing in workplace? What if we could focus on healing our bodies in the way that we play and and just a a myriad of of different spaces? Um, And that's to me, it goes back to the power of design, right? Mm -hmm. And and that power is also held in the spatial web that we're going to start experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's super interesting. Really, really fascinating because, you know, we, I mean, over the years, I've just read so much about how we have so much screen time and it's detrimental it is to our health, but to be able to flip that and say, man, what if the metaverse could be used as technology could be harnessed to actually improve mental health and well-being? I mean, that's that's super fascinating, I, I think. And yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that that next episode because uh, yeah, I've been kind of diving deep into that and was just curious about where that's all headed because, I mean, you hear about people buying virtual real estate, you know, in Decentraland and then, oh, like we're going to need designers to design spaces. And, um, but there there was this interesting article too, I read uh, recently about how, um, you know, in the metaverse people, as far as identity, you know, that being fluid and how your avatar can just be, you know, you can change just from day to day. And so, yeah, all of that has some pretty interesting implications, I think, for how we interact. So like, not just face-to-face but virtually as well you know so there's a lot to talk about i think absolutely and i'll I'll just quickly add to that i was on a a linkedin webinar recently where um they were asking if having these masks these digital masks to your point of of using the avatars uh and being able to have that self-expression could that lead to better creativity and Mm. you know the answer from the panelists was yes uh because it could solve uh the idea of hierarchy Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something that isn't able to be solved in Teams or in Zoom because, you know, I still understand that my boss is on the call. I still understand that leadership is on the call. And so what if titles could be erased uh, in these collaborative settings and in, you know, these meetings that we're trying to, you know, optimize our creativity and explore new ideas? And what would it look like for those titles to be gone? And you right. just have that self-expression. and. I mean, scary for people, right? Mm. But but in the spirit of just exploring, I think it could be really fascinating to see how people that may not have had a voice previously or felt like they couldn't speak up might mm. suddenly find a voice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I think Zoom calls would be a lot more interesting if I had like a pink mohawk or whatever. <laughs> totally, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else can you tell us about season two? Like, what can listeners to the Alternative Design podcast look forward to? Like, do you have topics, guests in mind that you are able to talk about? I don't want to encroach too much, you know? No, no, it's good. Um, so we have a lot of, uh, really interesting topics coming up. So we are going to be discussing alternative solutions for those that are displaced by climate change. Uh, we're actually going to explore floating cities and earthships as potential solutions. Uh, we're also, uh, covering invasive species, an alternative way to perhaps use them in the built environment that would bring balance to our ecosystems. Hmm. Um, and so I can't, I have my eye set on this one guest that I'm I'm dying to get on. And so I, I can't share the guest because I'm still right. hoping I land it. But, right, 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 right. I guess. Um, but we are also going to discuss the power of frequency. We're also going to talk about lucid dreaming and whether lucid dreaming could be harnessed for better creativity, uh, whether hotels might find a use case for that. Um, and just really amazing stuff. We also have a, an episode um 
understanding, um, yeah, I think it was hotel design, yes, that um, how we can optimize circadian rhythm and almost biohacking hotels. Um, what if, you know, you had to give a keynote speech and the traditional, you know, thing is you, you fly in, right? You have jet lag, you feel awful the next day, you barely clutch your cup of coffee and have to give your keynote. And what if the hotel you stayed at would just biohack your body so that you wake up feeling super refreshed and creative and really functional the next day instead of dragging yourself to yeah. that meeting. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's so cool. And that lucid dreaming thing really was, that just kind of reminded me, there was this movie, I don't know how many years ago it was, uh, Waking Life. It was like, I don't know if you saw this, but it was talking about that whole phenomenon and then the way they filmed it, the cinematography was like, they had overlaid, it was like live action uh, film, but then they had um, the animation over top. So it was like, I think they called it rotoscoping or something. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was like really forward thinking back then. But yeah, interesting use case there, like with the hospitality thing. Like, fascinating. So, lastly, kind of just wrap things up. I was wondering just personally for you, like, I mean, is there a topic or issue that's kind of top of mind for you that you're really hopeful, op optimistic about? I mean, there's obviously we're coming out of a pandemic. I think people are starting to feel a little more hopeful. Things are getting back to normal or stuff that's kind of you're concerned about? Like, where do, where do you see things right now? Yeah. So I guess how I'll answer that is I'll, I'll share what I've been nerding out on in the past week. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. What are you nerding out uh, on? Perfect. Uh, I am nerding out on the concept of transformation economy. Okay. And I think that we're quickly approaching a time when consumers and occupants of space are going to demand more than just a cool experience. And we talk a lot about experiential design and how um, consumers and uh, again, occupants of space are, are wanting to really experience something over buying products, over buying goods and services. And it, it's all about the experience and the metaverse could offer new ways of doing that. And yes, that's really wonderful. But I feel like people are going to want to experience something that's going to change them permanently. Mm -hmm. And how this blossomed for me was I found a case study that was recently published on Burning Man, uh, which is what we just covered in our last episode. And the case study talks about Burning Man uh, being an inspiration for transformational experiences uh, and festivals like Coachella and Disney being these uh, liminal spaces, which I didn't know what a liminal space was, but it's essentially the space that you can enter where you're just on the brink of a new idea or a new innovation, but you, you don't quite have it. Mm -hmm. And so how these festivals can be these liminal spaces um, and, and they can usher in human transformation. And so people say all the time, you leave Burning Man, I'm changed forever. You leave Coachella and you're changed forever. Well, how do you harness that? So right. can we design spaces that change people forever? And this is where, you know, we go beyond the idea of the wellness economy that, that has sort of boomed since the pandemic and, and look at, you know, this is where healing modalities like color therapy in the metaverse, maybe, for instance, mm -hmm. um, healing can be injected into every space we exist in, whether it's home, work or otherwise. And so this is sort of just this interesting opportunity to, to really change ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I, I still believe, just like I did in high school, that design has the power to do that, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's physical or digital. And so I think we're going to see a lot more on this term of transformation economy. And I've struggled because I, I find that some people are talking about it, but, but I don't feel like it's quite caught on as mainstream. Mm -hmm. I don't find a lot of people are discussing it just yet. And so I do think that's maybe, maybe coming up next. Yeah, very cool. Well, I need to go do some reading up on that as well, because it's, yeah, definitely not mainstream, but of course that fits perfectly with what you're doing with the Alternative Design Podcast. So yeah, that fits right in. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, Kaylin. It's it's been such a pleasure talking to you, and thanks for sharing your story with us. So, where can our listeners go to find the Alternative Design Podcast and, and subscribe? Yeah, so you can find it on KimballInternational.com, and you can also find it on pretty much all listening platforms. We are on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. So wherever you find your podcasts, we are there. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again so much, and to thank our you so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great having you. To our listeners Thank out you. there, yeah, go by and check out and subscribe to the Alternative Design Podcast when you get a chance. And also be on the lookout for our next episode, which we're going to be talking to Andy Cohen and Diane Hoskins from Gensler about their 2022 design forecast, which they recently, uh, which they recently released. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. So thanks again for tuning in. And as always, be well, everyone. Mm-hmm.